Relationships. Whenever I see a complicated word, I always see its pronunciation underneath it, so. Um, pastor asked me to fill in, and I never, I, I, he's a, someone I feel I can be really honest with, so I wouldn't have been afraid to say no. Um, but the Lord, like, impressed on me almost immediately to talk about relationships, and afterwards I realized it was Mother's Day, and I mean, I think it's a pretty common, common understanding, but important to recognize how, um, for most of us, the mother in the home is kind of the, the hub of our relationships, right? And so, um, not much more of a vital role in that. So Lord, I just pray today that you would um, deepen our relationship with you, with others, and with our environment, God, and that we would, uh, we would bear greater fruit and carry out the works of your kingdom through our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we were created, I'm just going to start in the beginning, created in relationship, right? So, from the beginning, we had Adam and God, or for us, man and God. We had Adam and Eve. And I'm going to say man and others, and then Adam and earth, or the resources given. And um, it, it was just this kind of quick aha moment that I had of the context of our relationships and how in every relationship there are some, some similar attributes, and I started seeing it through this lens, and I had a million biblical examples, and I just brought, used a couple but I would encourage you to start seeing this in the Bible and in your own uh, relationships. Um, but these are kind of the main categories that I zoomed out to. So what I, those, what I saw was some common elements in each relationship. First of all, there's an encounter, right? That's when we come into contact with another. From that encounter, there's a response. So we encounter someone and we choose to either change our course or leave the uh, encounter without changing anything. So this could be a relationship with anyone. Um, we might change something based on our encounter with them. We might not. Depending on how we respond, we might be affected. They might be affected. We both might be affected. Or we might, both might leave unchanged, right? It's up to us in our response whether we affect someone or allow someone to affect us. And from the affect with an A are the effects with an E, and I did that on purpose because of how they're so intertwined. And that's the thoughts and actions that are changed or maybe sparked from an encounter with someone. So I know that's kind of like just theoretical of what a relationship is, but everyone, there's an encounter, you respond, someone is affected or changed, and based on that is the, what comes out of our life. So as Christians, some of the effects with an E that we should see coming out of our life are the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the kingdom. And I just put a quick list from Galatians in. Um, I know most of us know these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I always think it's interesting that the, the works of the flesh is so much longer. It's like, it's like wow, we're... You know, if you, if you don't believe that the nature of man is evil or, 
Or, you know, without God that we can't do some terrible things. I mean, we can be pretty creative in how bad we are. <laughs> but to contrast that, you know, once we're seeing the fruit of the Spirit, that's, those are, I guess, attributes and how we carry ourselves, but carrying ourselves towards what? And that would be the works of the kingdom. And I just grabbed a few verses from Matthew, and I know it's kind of long, but I just wanted to read it. Um, so in Matthew 28, when he gives a great commission, and he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go therefore, make disciples of the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things, for I am with you. So when we have the fruit of the Spirit, we should be carrying out the works of the kingdom. And he says, teach them all things that I have taught you or commanded you. And that was, uh, if you go back to Matthew 10, where the, a bunch of the, the disciples were sent out. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, and freely you shall give. And he gives them more information about being on their way. So we should see the fruit. We should be bringing God's kingdom to others. And what does that look like? That's the, the works of the kingdom. So to go back to the relationships, right? So that's kind of what I want to, you know, we see, either do or don't see out of our relationships. So to start with man and God. In general, right, we have an encounter. God makes himself known. Response is up to us. Effect. We choose to allow God to affect us. And then the effects from that is the fruit of the Spirit and works of the kingdom or fruit of the flesh. With man and God, um, an example I, I gave is Simon, right? Simon's fishing. If you don't know the story, look it up. I'm just going to touch on it. Um, but he's you know, Jesus says, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And from there, Jesus gives him a new name. As Peter responded, allowed God in the flesh to affect him, he starts carrying out the works of the kingdom. And people are healed. Um, I love that he ran out, you know, walked on the water. And then once you... Respond to Christ once, you're good forever, right? And you never misstep? Or do we continue to encounter him and continue to choose to respond and continue to see the effects of that? So when he, Jesus said, you're going to deny me, he did, right? So then he, instead of having the fruit and the works of the kingdom coming out of his life, he denied Christ and where do we find him back before he's restored after the resurrection is, well, I'm going fishing. Kind of just go back to what I was, I guess. So after all this, the Mount of Transfiguration, everything, he's responded and moved away from God. But then when he sees Jesus again, right? Like, I, I, I love that there's the water involved again and that, um, you know, fishing and, and God brings all this these uh, ways of restoring and, and bringing back the relationship that, once again, he's, he's brought back into right relationship with God and truly, I guess, proceeding as, as the cornerstone of the church. 
Um, so we'll get back to Peter in a bit, but I want to talk about earth and our resources. There's a really good book on this, and I'm, I wouldn't be the one, the expert on this, but there's a guy named Joel Salatin, and he just talks about valuing creation. And he's a really, he's a big farmer, and he's a really solid Christian and a, a studied man, and he, his context is uh, embracing the pigness of the pig. You know, what God created pigs to do, that's what we should empower them to do. Um, it's really cool. It really changed my, my perspective on a lot of things last summer. Um, but part of that whole thesis is uh, Genesis 1.15, where it says that God put man in the garden to cultivate it. Um, and I've just been thinking through this and experienced some of this recently of how God uses physical food for spiritual fruit. So, you know, a lot of you know the story of Daniel, and he went on to the Daniel fast, what we call it now, but where he basically was a vegan, um, and it brought greater health to him. It's not something I naturally jump into. Um, but it brought, it brought spiritual fruit. And he stepped into his calling and he was recognized for that. Or even looking at uh, when Peter had the vision and he says, take, you know, kill and eat, right? Because it was a spiritual context, a spiritual norm that needed to be broken that says, no, you have freedom to do this. So instead of hindering yourself spiritually, this is a way that you can step into greater freedom through your physical environment, through what you're putting into your body. I thought it was interesting, too, just some parts of the Bible that commonly refer to, to growth and blessing is, uh, you know, related to, like, plants, our nature, rain falls, growth happens, you, you bear fruit, right? So that's the blessings, and uh, conversely, like, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it stopped bearing fruit. So blessings would be more growth, more abundance in our environment, and uh, cur a curse would be the opposite. But for those of us that aren't farmers, it's kind of hard to like think, okay, how does that... I encounter God, what does that look like? Um, that book I mentioned is really cool because it just gives you good ideas to uh, like support environmentally responsible people that are making food, growing food. Um, but aside from that, I thought it was cool looking at money and wealth. Um, first looking at the rich young ruler... Rich young ruler encounters God, right? What's his response? Well, how do I get to heaven? I did all this good stuff. So every, everything you have, give it to the poor. Response, can't do it. I'm out of here. What's the fruit? Death, right? I mean, he's, he left sad, and we know where his path was leading. To counter that, Zacchaeus encounters God. And again, it's a money thing. It's a wealth thing. He wasn't the one growing food, so we could look at it from a money standpoint. And after he encounters God, what happens? Oh, I want to give half of everything away. And if I've done wrong to anyone, four times what I've wronged you. When we encounter God, that's what our, when we uh, respond in obedience, that's the fruit. That's the effects. So, um, you know, I hate to walk away from anything without a, a practical way to apply things. And for me, that really hit home as it, it, looking at earth and resources. So looking at our relationship with others. Saul, 
right? Murderer of Christians, like Stephen, encounters God on the road to Damascus. I don't, I guess he had a choice, but he, he responded. And I think the important thing beyond the conversion is he chose to continue to respond till his friends are telling him, you're crazy, you're going to get killed. I don't think this is the best for the church. And he says, nope, God called me here. It doesn't matter whether I live or die. I'm here to carry out his works. And, um, you know, the fruit of that is pretty, uh, I mean, 13 books in the Bible is pretty good. But he, you know, he changed the course of history. He was a sacrificial leader of the, the early church. And, and I guess going back to others, looking at Paul and Peter, where in Galatians talks about, in our relationships with others, it might not always be where it makes sense, right? Was Peter, you would think, right, Peter would go to the Gentiles and Paul would go to the Jews because of their training, but that's not what God had in mind. And so this concept that came to me, all right, actually I, I heard a, he's got Chad Veach, he's a pastor out in L.A., talk about this. Um, but he talked about how priorities in your relationship is more determined on the opportunities that God brings you. So meaning that you're pr- keeping God's priorities in relationship will depend on the season of life you're in. So I kind of want to get into that, and it's through this lens that, of, of looking at others and how we respond to God, and we respond to them, they respond to us. So in 1 Corinthians 9, it talks about, it's basically opportunity and intentionality. And um, I'm not going to go through all the, all the details of it, but basically Paul says, I did everything, I became to this group, culturally what they were. I became to this group culturally what they were so that they could know Christ. I didn't compromise my beliefs or who I was, but culturally I could step into this realm and be that so they could know Christ. And I think that it really points to, one, an opportunity in relationship. We don't always get, we get to choose to respond, but sometimes opportunities just happen. Sometimes we just have a neighbor. Sometimes some the our paths just cross at this certain time, or we feel God's being sent somewhere when it doesn't necessarily make sense, but we know we need to respond to it, even though we may or may not feel qualified. So, in seasons of life, where we're putting, investing all of our resources, our time, our energy, money, whatever, um, you know, a lot of that will show our priorities is what, you know, I guess for me was a common assumption. However, I would say that who we let let affect us and the effects come out of that more determines our priorities than necessarily how we spend our minute of every day. So, for example, um, In a season of life, when you have young kids, you spend a lot of time investing in your kids. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're somehow putting, it could, you could be that you put them on the throne above God, but it doesn't mean that. It's not, it doesn't mean your kids are your God. But you might spend, I mean, mothers know, 
two minutes here alone with God, three minutes here, seven hours with the kids. When you're time with God, you submit to him and he affects you. And the effects of that are you going to your kids and in the same way affecting them. Similarly, in seasons of life when you have a lot of work at hand, when you have different opportunities that God brings you that you're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to get all this done. I don't want this to be an idol, and none of us do, and that's a, a good check to have. However, when reading the accounts in Acts, sound like everyone kind of ran themselves pretty hard towards what they were going after. And I would say that those that remained the course and remained faithful were those that submitted to God and allowed him to affect them and not let others who weren't bearing fruit to affect them. So in relationship with others, I just think it's interesting or important to look at that there's times in our lives where there's others who affect us who don't, don't bring us good fruit, don't encourage us to love and good works to carry out the works of the kingdom. And I would encourage you to evaluate if you need to remove those relationships and one, replace them with more time before God the Father to allow him to affect you and others that are Christians to allow them to affect you. But that's not always the case because you might have you might come into contact with someone with the same look on life, the same fruit of their life, regardless of what it is in yours. And in one season of life, it may affect you. In another season of life, you may affect them. And God calls and equips us to go out and affect others as we are made ready and bear fruit in his in his kingdom. So me, as a young man, as a young Christian, there were a lot of things that I wouldn't do or couldn't do or people I couldn't go and try to influence because I knew they would influence me in a bad way. But now I know that I can go back to some of those same environments and have influence and speak truth into those people's lives without the negative fruit coming to me. And so it's just something to be aware of, especially as for younger Christians, as you mature, to know that it's great to have a heart to influence others, but to trust God's timing on when your role to directly influence them is. This shines a whole new light on marriage for me. Because your spouse is the only other person in the world you can have that deep of a relationship with. And you can have a mutually beneficial effect on each other to go and carry out the works of the kingdom. It also should shed a new light on um, being a parent. And for a lot of us, that's a lot of hours where a mother gets the privilege of affecting their children. But not just to have them be nice kids or follow rules, right? This all comes back to an eternal relationship with Christ. So while our relationships with other people might be for a season, it might be for a time, I mean, it's all going to be for a time once life ends, and some of those relationships will carry on eternally. 
So it's all about our eternal relationship with God. We get the privilege of affecting others to join us on that eternal relationship with God and continue to choose to respond rightly to Him. And some of those closest to us, we get to introduce, take joy throughout our life as we walk together in eternal relationship with God. And then when this life ends, it doesn't end there. So in summary, God designed us to enjoy relationship. With him, with others. I get so stuck on binary. Is this right? Is this, should this be above this one? Should, am I doing the right thing? Am I spending enough time? Maybe you're not that way, but for those of us that are, he, he, at the end of the day, he called us to enjoy relationship. And if we are in right relationship with him, he's going to guide us. We choose how to prioritize who affects us. And it should always be the Father affects us first. And others that spur us on to works of the kingdom affect us. We get the privilege to choose to respond properly to God's calling in each of our relationships. And the effects of our right response, they bring us into our calling and into our eternal destiny with the others that we're in relationship with. So I'm just going to pray. The worship team is going to come back up. And um, I would just encourage you, one, to recognize mothers today and others that have been uh, important relationships that you've had. And I'd also encourage you to restore relationships with God, with others, like Peter needed, so that you can step back and walk into your eternal destiny and calling. So Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity to choose relationship with you. Thank you that we get to choose to be in relationship with other people in this room and that we can carry out the works of your kingdom forever. I ask that you would speak today and give us another opportunity to respond to you and to take joy in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.